I'm Asan and welcome to a another 9320 podcast transfer special. Uh, today I am talking to Christophe Terreur um, about the Belgian connections. Hey Christophe, how are you? I'm fine and you? I'm very good mate, very very good. Um, firstly, thank you for doing this. Yeah, no problem. We like, we all like to talk, so we talk. <laughs> we do, we do. Um, listen, before I before I talk about the the kind of transfer side of things, I actually wanted to talk about KDB and about Vinny a little bit, and also a little bit about Jason Denea, But we'll get there. Um, I want to start with KDB because I feel as though, or we feel as though, speaking to supporters in general, that it's been a weird season for him. I mean, he started okay and but his form in the last kind of three months has been awful is pretty much the only way to describe it some of his performances have been rank and um it's just really weird to see a player who has that much talent and that much ability seemingly not be capable of doing the basics like passing the ball five yards um has is that a kind of is that a reflection that we have within the city bubble that you guys don't see, or from a Belgian perspective, can you also see that it's been a poor season? Well, he hasn't had the best season. That that's what I agree with. Uh, have I had? I'm more see it as a season with lots of ups and downs. Sometimes he play he plays. It's more in parts of the game that he sometimes goes missing or exactly. does things completely wrong, and then. Like uh, like the game in the weekend where he was, in my eyes, poor in the first half, but better in the second half. I can really, yeah, touch my finger on it. What's going wrong for him? But what I've noticed is that he's been played everywhere and dragged around from the right to the left, in a from the false nine to the defensive midfielder. He has played every at every single position in midfield. I think and. Or even in the in the in the attacking uh, yeah. part of the, the, so I think that might be uh, one of the reasons why isn't finding consistent form too because every position is is different. So yeah, and with Kevin, I know that because I know Kevin already for since he was uh, seventeen. With Kevin, when he has a bad game. He really has bad games. There's no, no way, no way in between. It's always been like that. He can have real stinkers sometimes, and then it's really, really bad. And then he can give his most brilliant game he has ever played a week after. So that's a little bit Kevin, but he he still feels happy at City. He uh, he he's uh, he's not too ashamed of of his form. He said that he he knows the reasons why he isn't performing. He isn't telling what it is but i think the the position switches are part of that and he he likes the the way uh, guardiola is training the way he tries to set up his teams too and yeah i always think kevin is the best in in a midfield role but i think silva silva is playing a really good season and that's the opposite of a little bit of last season that silva has Absolutely. taken the the, the 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 role that kevin was playing as the playmaker back, so Kevin has been more, yeah, playing the second fiddle a so little think, bit more. So you think yeah. he's been a little bit the victim of his own versatility in the sense that because he's been moved around so much, he's maybe not been able to settle into a role within the side, and that might have affected his form. 
Well, I think it's it's just that because he he likes to yeah he always tells a manager wherever you play me I will play. That's what he told Pep too. Pep uh, likes that attitude. Kevin is a really humble guy. He just wants to play football wherever it is, but still in the back of his mind, he likes to to be in a central role and pulling the strings. And in this system, in the beginning, he did a little, little bit, but in the position, in the way Guardiola is playing now, he can't really do that. I think with the with the two uh, attacking midfielders next to each other, it's always it's difficult. You have to make them play play together sometimes. So although they can do it, and maybe the slower passing game doesn't fit Kevin either, because Kevin is the guy who needs to accelerate the game with his. He's really direct. Totally. So maybe he would uh, enjoy more playing as an eight or something in the system Guardiola wants. But we'll see. We'll see next season because that's what all the players are saying. Uh, We'll see next season. Next season, you will see our full potential, and that's also what Kevin's saying. So, uh, yeah, we'll okay. see. Listen, um, do you think that Guardiola was involved in De Bruyne's move to City? Let me tell you why I ask that question. Because um, you feel as though Pep's learning about all the players within the squad this season, um, and you feel as though, like with any new manager, part of that process is about deciding which players you can trust and you can rely on and which players you can't trust and you can't rely on. And as is always the way, you feel as though players who a manager has signed, they're going to get more leeway, they're going to get more time, they're going to get more patience. Um, I wonder with Kevin whether, because he was playing in the Bundesliga and that's where he came from and Guardiola was coaching over there, do you know whether he was involved in his move to City or how involved he was or whether there was any kind of Guardiola conversations when the transfer occurred? Well, well I I always told that that, that I'm always told that Guardiola used to like Kevin and that yeah that was one uh, at one point I was even doing when he was close to signing for sitting the stories doing the rounds that uh, Guardiola had approved the deal because at that time Guardiola already knew that he was moving to uh, to City. It was summer of uh, of 2015. He was already aware that he could that he was ready for his next step and that it would be City. So I was told that he approved the deal. I never got confirmation for that. But there were also talks between Bayern Munich and Kevin, between Bayern Munich and Wolfsburg, to get Kevin to, to Bayern in Pep's last season. So they would have consulted him, I think, about him. And I think he will have said, yes, this guy is a special talent. He's a really good player. I want to work with him. I can see that happening. So even knowing the, the, the links there are between... Chixi Begiristein and uh, Guardiola, I think uh, they did. They scout. Uh, City scouted uh, Kevin more than forty times. They've seen more than hundred games on on DVD. They knew everything. But football people are always going to rely on their mates. What do they say? And I think Chixi yeah. already. Ha- I see him calling Kevin to uh, not Kevin Guardiola to ask. Uh, is is he really that special? Is there a player who would suit you when you're coming to the year after? And 
no manager will say no against a player like Kevin, I think. So. No, absolutely. Um, hey, listen, just one last word on Kevin. Um, are you optimistic that he'll have a much better season next season? I'm optimistic. Once I think the, the once they have found the right system and where they're consistently playing in this, he's consistently playing in the same position. I think he'll find his way. He's always found his way. So I'm optimistic about him. Still one of the best players, Belgian players I've ever seen playing live or in training sessions. So I'm quite optimistic about it. So. Wonderful. Uh, okay. So next, I wanted to ask you about our captain, fantastic Vinny Company. Um, now, I guess I'll start by I've got in my notes here that it feels like he's had an uneasy relationship with Pep. Do you think that's a fair reflection? Well, Vinny is not the yeah, Vinny is, is a leader. Vinny is a strong character. It's not the easiest to player to deal with as a manager, I think. Okay. But he was every time he's talking about Pep, he's quite praising him for, um I think at a certain he's all, he already he also trusts the doctors that Guardiola has sent him to he's listening to Pep go to Dr. Kugat he'd never consulted Dr. Kugat before Pep was announced as, as the new city manager so he he goes to even goes to the doctor so I think he bought himself into the Pep story at a certain point but he had to be very patient to get his chance I'm not sure if John Stones didn't get injured he would have played four consecutive consecutive games like he's done now but he's always the guy who wants to prove people who dubbed him wrong and that's what I'm seeing now he has that attitude from you don't want to play me I will prove that when you give me the chance, I will dare to prove that I'm still the best uh, city player, uh, city defender, and that's the attitude with uh, which he steps on the training pitch too. He always says, uh, "There's no need to retire. I I have had my injuries, but once I step on the to the training pitch, I still feel I'm one of the best players there on the training pitch." Yeah. So. Yeah, no need to retire. I will fight every time to get my place back. When you and say when he you, got, yeah, sorry, when you use he the got, word retire. Has he? Yeah. Does that mean that people around him have used that word to him because of his injuries? Well, it's more, more. I think the people in general. He's uh, every time when he plays a game, people are reacting. Oh, when is going to break down? When is he going? Uh, when is he going to go down injured? The dubs around him. He he understands that mentality that of people to react that way because yeah, you can't deny his past two years where he broke down usually after seven minutes. So, uh, but he he's been a he's been fighting all his career and. He just wants to enjoy the football, and that's why he is fighting for for football. He's never he's never thought about retirement. That's not him. Every single injury, he sees that as a challenge. I want to come back. I want to do everything to come back again. And now I, I've seen him on. I saw him on Thursday after the after the after the derby. Yeah, he looked really happy, really relaxed, and you see that it's it's like a little child running behind the ball so happy that he can play with something that he can play his football and 
yeah, he he won't retire. Although he knows that his body is not the most reliable anymore. So, look, so yeah, let me ask you another question then. It, obviously, you said that if Stones hadn't have gotten injured, maybe Vinny wouldn't have even been given a chance in the first team. Um, how does this summer play out for Vincent Company in Manchester City? Uh, I don't think Guardiola can. If even if Guardiola thinks he he isn't, yeah, he, he hasn't proven his fitness for him. Even then, I don't think Vinny will go. Vinny was talking last week about having uh, having a good rest of two weeks, them train train individually to be ready for pre-season because he wants to to have that pre-season to prove he's still good. He also talks about, yeah, he knows that his story at Manchester City will end once. You don't have to be naive about it. Yeah. It will end once. But he's still talking about, we'll see if it's in two years or even a few years later. He's still focused on, yeah, he wants to win the Champions League with City. That's the moment he still wants to... Wants to uh, was to feel winning a trophy with Manchester City, and I don't. I think he will stay till he has won something Amazing. again. So yeah, right, yeah. He 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 said in an interview last week. City has given me everything in my life, but I've also given everything, everything, everything for that club. And there you feel that this guy, yeah, is really has become part of the club. He. He talks like someone who's representing the club, and yeah, you will never change that. He's yeah, he feels that he's one with the club, and he knows that at a certain point he will have to leave or he will have to retire. But I still think somewhere in the back of his mind he hopes to retire at Manchester City on a high. But that's that's also what he says. I don't want my uh, my ego. To get in the way of 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 the right decision, so uh, yeah, but he's still aiming for. He's he's quite yeah. How do you say that in English? He's ambitious he's he's quite. Still. Yeah, no, he's ambitious, but he's quite a proud boy too. Okay. Um, he yeah, he loves to to lift that trophy again. So for his pride, it would be good that City win a trophy again with him as a captain. That's Absolutely. also the reason why he was disappointed after they lost uh, the semi-finals uh, in the, against uh, against Arsenal because that was already, yeah, you were close to glory, and that would, and that's what he wanted. So, mm. so look, one I guess one final word on Vinny. You can, I guess, allay some fears amongst our supporters that he's not being forced out of the club, maybe in the way that Joe Hart was last summer you don't get that impression from him uh from him no um i think it's it's not the easiest to get out to joe hart was still yeah joe, joe hart didn't have an injury past joe, joe hart didn't have uh joe hart was quite easier to get him out than Vinny, who has yeah quite big wages uh and really wants to stay too and wants to fight for that spot too and um, i think v, uh, joe hart was a little bit easier character than than Vinny is. So, and I think based on the last four games, I don't see any reason anymore why Pep would push him oh, to the exit. Absolutely, 
Absolutely. If, I mean, he, he. We look a completely different team in the in the in the the game since he's come back. Yeah. The only thing that we feel is, I wonder what would have happened this season if Vinny had been fit all season, because yeah. that's the level of difference that he makes. It's it's like night and day in that back four when when he's there as opposed to when he's not there. So, no, I mean the last thing that that from a speaking from a very personal point of view, I think. Uh, I think he's he's shown enough in these in these last four games that he should, you know, he's our best centre back. We, you, it's a weird conversation to be having to be asking you whether our best centre back is being forced out of the club, but that's the kind of weird yeah. place we and, find ourselves in. And even if they buy another centre back, I still think he will like the competition. Totally. And yeah, and he's. He, he, he he said it jokingly uh, the the in an in interview on the Belgian television. He said it a bit jokingly. I've yeah, City the last two three years, City have bought players for forty fifty million pounds, and I've given all those players the chance to grab my spot. I've given <laughs> them the chance, but I'm still there. And good so, answer. Yeah, Very I've given them the chance. You can't blame me for not giving them a chance. He said it was jokingly, but it yeah, was really. But it was jokingly, but I think he meant it. So uh, no, totally. he said it smiling, but he meant it. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, that's a nice segue into somebody potentially who could take his spot. Um, I want to talk about two transfer stories that have kind of broken in the last broken that have been reported in the last seven days. I wanted to get your take on them. I'm going to start with Alderweireld because did you see the story yesterday in the Times? That yeah, I read it. It was no surprise because it's, yeah, it was a little bit, it's, it's, it was bits and bytes I'd read already elsewhere in during, uh, during the past week. So I wasn't surprised by that story also because the contract negotiations with, uh, with Spurs are not really, Going fluently, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a bit. They're dragging on, although he still has two, and with an option three years left, so there's no real hurry for for the club to extend it. For him, maybe there is because he cannot. Yeah, he's he's one of the best defenders in the Premier League, so he can ask more money. So, but he he still has a deal for two years, and I don't think Spurs are going to sell him. To be fair, Spurs are a really difficult club to negotiate with, so I don't think they will sell him. And even if he f tries to force a move, what I'm not thinking, it will be difficult. But he's been on City's radar before. I remember when he signed for Atletico. I think that must have been. Let it's 2013, I think. He was on uh, on City's list, high on the list. There were even talks. Okay. But in the end, they ended up signing Demichelis. And Demichelis went from Atletico to Man City. And all the world went from Ajax to Atletico. So he took uh, Demichelis' spot at Atletico. So, but even... In that time, they were already thinking of him. So he, he's someone who's on the radar, but I don't think Spurs will do a lot of business with City uh, during the summer, beside Kyle Walker, who will probably move to City. That's uh, that's common known in but, uh, among agents, among people in football, that Walker 
will move to City probably if the clubs agree. So. Wow. Hey, any more players that are commonly known to be moving to City this summer? <laughs> no, it's the only one that has been mentioned <laughs> and everyone thinks about, oh yeah, he will move to City. Okay. Hey, just so, on, on Alderweireld, yeah. um, before I let go of that one, um, what's he like, Because it, it, just as a character, because I guess that two things that you said in your answer really struck me. The first one is that I kind of agree with you. Arguably, he's the best centre-half in the league right now. Um, and the second thing is that, you know, from a financial point of view, he's basically, he could be earning up to three times what he's currently earning. And he's probably looking at players at other clubs. For example, Lovren, who's just signed a new deal at, at Liverpool, where he's on 120 grand a week. And he's kind of, I, I'm curious whether with a, with somebody like Alderweireld, where he's not from London, he's not, you know, he's not Spurs born and bred. How does he feel about being in a situation where he's probably coveted by Man City um, and can probably go there and earn twice, maybe three times what he's got? Um, but Levy is such a difficult person to negotiate with and it's almost like a, you know, a gilded cage being a Spurs player. So w- w- where do you think he fits into all of this? Because obviously the stories don't exist in a vacuum. They must be coming from somewhere. And they can't just be coming from Spurs. They must be coming from his camp as well. Yeah, but I think his camp, they just want to see the player getting what he deserves. That's more compared to other players. That's just more money. If it's at Spurs or at City, I think that doesn't matter too much for some players. Uh, He's not connected. He's not a Spurs boy like Harry Kane, for instance, uh, who will think twice before he signs a new deal or think twice before he pushes through a move. So I think he would be open for for something like City if they effectively, effectively make an offer, of course. Uh, we're still talking in ifs. So I think he would be open for that also because Toby, be- I think he became 27. Yeah, 27. That's almost 28. It's the moment for the last big move too as a defender I think certainly for when he yeah if he signs a new deal at Spurs he will be there let's say four or five years he will be there till he's 32 33 so then there won't be a big transfer anymore so that's also something will always place in the back of the minds of players and agents once a player becomes 27 28 are we do we still see if we can make a move up or the, our last big transfer for the money to be safe once we're we're 33, 34 years old? So okay. it's the mo- it's the moment for him. I, if I was him, I would think about it. Uh, to be fair, well, I listen, would consider if, it. If you hear anything, do let us know because yeah, something about this one. I don't know, I can see it, weirdly enough. Because I just, a part of me feels like, would Daniel Levy really refuse £50 million for Alderweireld? Bearing in mind what they paid for him. I mean, it's... Yeah, they only they only played £12 million exactly. or something. It's, a, it's... Yeah, but, and I see him, I I see him also in the, in the, in the pep way of playing. He can play in a back three, he's comfortable in a back been a back four exactly. he has he has a good long ball he's comfortable with a ball he's he's smart he's, he's he's one of the best yeah 
Alderweireld, you never see him uh, doing lots of duels. He's, he's, he's very smart. He plays like a, I've once told him, and he found a, a, a really uh, nice compliment that he plays like a veteran defender who can s- uh, solve every situation just by positioning, by not by anticipate and not by anticipating too much, just by solving positionally, just uh, staying in position, choosing the right position, not uh, uh, being rash in duels like Otamendi sometimes is. By uh, <laughs> no, he doesn't tackle a lot either. He just solves it by staying in his position, and he has grown as a leader too. Toby used to be a quiet boy on the pitch, but. He has grown in that too, but I, to be fair, I don't see him playing with Finney, for instance. That is something else. And you have two leaders, two defenders who quite like the same things. But it might work. It might work. It might work. So it'd be interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, of all the names. Like uh, I had this conversation yesterday with a friend of mine that the names that were being linked with, it's Bonucci, it's um, uh, Van Dijk, uh, and now it's Alderweireld. And of those three, um, I think I'd probably want Alderweireld overall over the other two just because he's he's proven to be arguably the best defender in the league already. And he's peak age. And as you say, he has all of those characteristics that make him perfect for Guardiola. Yeah, and Bonucci, for instance, you don't know how... He will be. He, he's a great defender, but he plays in another sort of football. Italian league is slower. It's it's a even Champions League football is different to Premier League uh, in my eyes. It's yeah. We'll still have to see if he adjusts to it. Uh, Van Dijk reminds me of uh, of company in a way. Uh, same style, but is he a Guardiola player? Can he do it? At a higher level too, we still don't know it. We yeah. still don't know if he can do it at top club. Um, with Toby, you know he's proven himself two years, uh, three seasons in the Premier League, but proved himself in Champions League too. So you 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 will know what you get. So no, absolutely. Um, okay, listen. The other player I wanted to ask you about very briefly was um, Tielemans at Anderlecht because Sky. Sports News, who are about as unreliable as it gets, but hey, we'll use them as a source for now. They say that Manchester City have got uh, him high on their list of of midfield targets this summer. Um, Before we talk about whether or not that's realistic, I want to talk about the player because obviously for most City supporters, they've probably not seen him a lot. So what's he like? What are his characteristics? What's he good at? What's he bad at? Well, Tielemans is is one of those type of modern midfielders he's, he's he's technically skilled two feet he's not a dribbler because yeah he lacks a little bit of an acceleration I think so he's it's it's difficult to pin him down on one position he's, he's a bit like he can play the six he can play the eight he can play the ten but even in Belgium they haven't found out what his best position is yet but he's so technically gifted he's so composed when he has the ball he has yeah he has a shot in both feet, which I've never seen from a Belgian player, bar, bar De Bruyne, who had that too, or can shoot with two feet. Um, Tielemans is a leader too. He's always been the captain of uh, of the youth squads uh, at Anderlecht. He's now vice-captain at Anderlecht. He's, he's promising, but 
Yeah, still because he's 19, sometimes we lack consistency. It's not. Yeah. Do you think technically he's got the quality to play under Guardiola? Definitely, definitely. Technically, I wouldn't. It's one of the of the of the best skilled midfielders I see. Purely passing and vision wise, in a central role, passing and vision, he will suit him. He's an intelligent boy too. So yeah, I see him. I see him. He's a Guardiola type of player. Roberto Martinez, for instance, the the Belgian national manager. I won't put him on the same level of as Guardiola, but he has the same philosophy, and he rates. Tielemans so highly it's, it's yeah he's in love with Tielemans because he's the Barcelona type of player the ones that Barcelona guys who grow up with the Barcelona philosophy like and so he will suit Pep style too okay so in terms of obviously Sky Sports say that City are interested in him um, elsewhere there are reports that he is on the verge of joining Monaco um, what do you know it's. I must say that that that, that uh, the tweet of uh, Sky came as a surprise to me. Uh, Manchester City and Manchester United, for instance, have never been mentioned as front runners. Also, not by by the people around him. Definitely, like Chelsea, are already following him since he was fifteen. He's somewhere in the scouting reports and they are closely following his evolution but from what I'm told it's that he won't make the big big move to a top club he will join yeah, a, sm- a smaller club between, uh, between brackets not a smaller club but something like Monaco for instance okay. he wants he he see he has seen the the evolution of other player other Belgian guys going to the Premier League maybe a bit too early, not having the time. Even for instance, the story of Kevin De Bruyne. He went to to Chelsea when he was nineteen twenty years old. He was loaned out in the first year, that worked out well. Then he didn't get his chance. Was shipped out and needed two years in Germany to. To, to peak again and it's a World Cup year too and Martinez has told him if you want to be in my World Cup squad I really want you in the squad you have to be smart and choose your club wisely so choose a club where you're sure you're playing a lot yeah and I don't think that will be the fact at City. Although, for instance, you will you will take the Sané story as another example Uh He's played a lot for young boy too, but he comes from a from a higher rated league and a higher rated club too. So that's a little bit the difference. Belgian players who made a step to a higher league, young players always needed one at least one year to get the right rhythm. Yeah. To get the rhythm of the Premier League. And in a World Cup year it's always dangerous to go to a really big, big club. And then don't play a lot. So that's what in Thiel- what's in Tielemans' back of his mind too. He knows he needs the progress, uh, needs to go to a club where he can make the progress step by step, where he will be playing a lot. Because that's also something that plays with Belgian players who come from the Belgian league, like Tielemans, for instance. He has all already played, I think, 150 games, if it's not 200 games at the highest level. 
they are not used to sitting on the bench. They don't know what it is. It was the case with Lukaku, who forced his way out on loan at Chelsea because he didn't play. It was the case with De Bruyne at Chelsea, who who was promised some chances, not regular chances, but couldn't uh, work out his way on the bench because he wasn't used to that. He didn't know how to react to that. And that will play with Tillemans too because he's sometimes on the bench at Anderlecht, but when he's fit, he plays. So that's another situation they have to deal with too. And young players who play in the bigger leagues like Sane, like yeah, players in the young players in the Premier League, they get used to that in the beginning, being a lot on the bench and then getting their, their chances slowly. In the Belgian league, when you're good, you immediately have your spot in the first team. So and you're playing a lot. So that's a mentality they will have to get used to too. So I think Tielemans might opt for opt for for a team like like Monaco. I think uh, they are in advanced negotiations with uh, with uh, with Anderlecht. They haven't agreed agreed the price yet. Anderlecht still want more money and will as it as it always happens in football, will use other clubs to get more money out of Monaco, for instance, I think, because that's what I've been told. They are the front runners at the moment. Atletico Madrid are looking at him too, but they still have that transfer ban, which hasn't been lifted. Yeah. And Lyon was mentioned too as one of the clubs who were really pushing for him too, but... That's already a step down from Monaco, for instance. But with Monaco, you know they will become champions in France. They will play Champions League. Yeah. They will lose two of their central midfielders with Bakayoko and, and Fabinho, I think. So they will lose two players. So there will be a chance that you will be playing. So I, I see it. If I was Tielemans, I, it's it fits the bill Monaco for him. It's what he wants. Now it's only up to the teams to agree. That's well, always, yeah. That's always the that's always the the option that uh, a team, a big team, might buy him and loan him two years elsewhere. But young boys also know they need stability and not being dragged around one year at Galatasaray, other year at Celtic, and another year at Sunderland, where you miss <laughs> lack stability. <laughs> I wonder who you could be talking about there. <laughs> it, yeah. let's, let's wrap up by talking quickly about Denea um, yeah. and his situation. I read um, a couple of days ago that apparently he's going to be loaned again. Just yeah. from your point of view, is it realistic, or do you think that City will have to sell him because he'll force a move? Or and do you think he's got any future at City? Well, uh, from what I've seen from him, I've seen him, I think, ten or fifteen times this season at Sunderland. He has made some steps forward, but I still see, yeah, that he has sometimes difficulties with positioning. For instance, he's been dragged around too in the team. He's played as a central midfielder, has played uh, on the right wing, on the left, in the centre, in the end, but. If I was him, he won't be first, if he, first, second, or third choice at City. Even not fourth choice, I think. He will be fifth choice. If I was him, I would push for a move and find a club where I have the stability yeah. that young boys need for three or four years or even two years to make to make a real progress in a stable environment. I don't 
yeah i don't really see the point of loaning out all the time it's 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 what Kevin De Bruyne once told me at a certain point when he, when Chelsea wanted to loan him out again in his second season. He says, I don't see, I want stability. I want two years where I can build up something, not having to move every single season to another city. So it makes it makes sense. It makes it, it, it makes sense. It's not that you're dragged around in England, for instance, or that you'd be loaned out to a to a to another club in London, for instance, and you can stay where you are. With uh, Denai, had to move to. He's lived in Istanbul. He's lived in Glasgow. Now he's lived in Sunderland. And where will he be living next year? Somewhere in Marseille, probably. Who are still interested in him? Really? It. Yeah, they are still. Uh, they've always been interested. So I think that will be one of the clubs that will be pushing for him again. So, yeah, uh, we'll have to see. But if I was him, I will. I would ask for a permanent move. Although he just, yeah, he just signed a new five-year deal last year. So, will be difficult. Yeah, City will be asking money because he still has potential. Of course, he's a Belgian international. I mean, you know, he's, he's yeah, really- he isn't that. He, he isn't anymore. Since Martinez is there, he's he hasn't been called up a lot anymore. So he he lost he lost his place because I don't think they rate him that highly. I don't know why he has something special, but I don't know. Maybe he's maybe they yeah. We have good defend other good say, defenders like Alderweireld, Alderweireld, But still, we have lots of good defenders same age group we we don't have a lot of young ones so you need to push the young ones in too so yeah we'll see I don't see he has a future at City at the moment uh, yeah. certainly not with yeah with Pep always pushing still pushing for for an extra central, central defender although his full backs are his priorities uh, we'll see uh, what happens so I if if Finney stays fit, Denier won't play. If Stone stays fit, Denier won't play. If Otamendi stays fit, he won't play. And if they buy another one, he will exactly. end up like beginning of next of last season being fifth choice and he will be pushing for a loan move again. So I think they will agree for... Uh, City will say, we'll loan you out again. Uh, he might think, I will have to push for a move again. So... Mm. Awesome. Um, hey, listen, Christoph. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to talk to us, and uh, do come back after the season ends because it'll be interesting to uh, to see how a lot of these kind of situations, particularly the transfer ones, how they develop. So, yeah, we'll talk yeah, to you. Yeah, it's it, it's always difficult to predict transfer things. So, so some sometimes the unexpected things happen. Now I can say all the way out at this moment. I don't think it, it will happen, but you never know. If he goes on strike, for instance, what will happen? The bailway push uh, get, uh, push yourself out of the club by going on strike or or faking an injury, and then clubs are clubs always say that player is not for sale. But what if they really push for a move? Then often the 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 opinion changes. Then they are willing to sell. Exactly. So exactly awesome well listen you have a lovely afternoon thank you very much Chris. <laughs> yeah you too cheers yep.